0: Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Last episode we heard a tale of a guitar whose curse lingers in the mind of those that use it. A voice that cackles and erodes the psyche of those that can hear it. An insidious ruse of success, replaced by corruption, anger, and insanity today we hear chris's story and oh what a story it is but is he too losing his grip on reality reduced to nothing but whimpers and terrified thoughts of what could have happened to him listeners welcome to one last round part two by keith daniels this is not for little ears and carries with it explicit content. I hope this episode has you looking over your shoulders today. Now turn the lights off, the sound up, and let's get our skin crawling. The three friends stared at Chris in a collective shock before Leo, with a look of deep horror turned to glance at the front door. The hanging bell had rung again, but nobody entered. No, Chris said. I don't mean, not now. He gave a sort of shudder. I mean, I think I've I've seen him before. Lily's eyes widened. Are Are you for real real right now? now? Chris nodded. Hang on. Devon said. How would you know? Trust me, I'm sure it was the same freak you're talking about, said Chris. How can you be so sure? I never even saw the guy, Devon said. Chris frowned. I never would have made the connection before. I didn't know about what happened to you, Dev. But I'm sure it was him. Leo made a scoffing noise. (laughs) You're probably just imagining things. He seemed ready to dismiss the whole thing. Lily wasn't convinced. I want to hear about it. Chris looked at them, reluctantly. I told my story, Devin said. Now, it's your turn. Fine, he said. Maybe by the time I'm done, Craig will be back with those beers. I was pulling all nighters in the lab, running samples through the mass spec for my thesis. Dr. Martin had me assigned to the Ecology building, but I got sick of the place after a few weeks and needed a new place to work. It was so overcrowded with all the other candidates that it took forever to get anything done. So I asked around and got a key to Baxter Hall, the library building, and access to the chem lab in the basement. The place hadn't been used for much more than sample storage in years, and was packed with old machines and gas cylinders so badly that you had to turn sideways to squeeze your way around the lab. It was like being in a hoarder's house, but a hoarder who was obsessed with old lab equipment and cardboard boxes filled with glassware and Nalgini bottles. Whatever, though. It was empty of people for the most part, and that meant less hours waiting for my turn to use the mass spec. I like not waiting. Not sharing the lab meant things got real boring, though. And with a crappy Wi-Fi connection, I couldn't even stream YouTube or music down there. The hours dragged. After a while, I started bringing in my review papers to read. But the lighting was so harsh and flickering that... If I read more than one article during a sitting, I'd get these massive headaches. Lucky for me though, the place had a stereo radio. This old-school thing, like I swear it looked like those old boom boxes you see people walking around with slung over their shoulders in old movies and shit. Anyway, it worked. Couldn't pick up much other than campus radio, so I usually just played that. Just something to cut through the monotony, really. I heard a few of your songs on heavy rotation, Dev, said Chris. Devon grunted and looked at the table. Hold up, said Lily. You said Baxter Hall. Chris nodded. Was this before or after the fire? Chris paused, rubbing his eyes. Before? Right before? Well, we'll get there. Anyway, yeah. I guess it started after i'd been working down there for a month or so i started running into somebody else who was using the lab i shouldn't say running into because i never really encountered them but i guess you could say i encountered their work there was this one night i remember i was looking for some rolls of tape to make labels and i nearly tore the place apart tried to find some couldn't find any anywhere but then i realized there was a supply closet at the back of the room that I hadn't checked. It was pretty much blocked off by old gas tanks and this big crate of condemned computer towers. And you can bet I was pretty pissed off after spending half an hour clearing that shit out of the way to find a great big goddamn padlock on the door. Just my luck, right? The thing is pretty rusty though. And it's got a look to it like... A few swings of the hammer might do it in altogether, so I start digging around the shelves back there, looking for something to swing at it with. And, of course, this was an old chem lab, and there wasn't a damn written description of a hammer to be found. I found this old fire extinguisher. I figure it's probably empty, since it's lying back there in a dusty corner, instead of mounted up on the wall. So I take the thing and I lift it up with both hands, and give it a BANG on the lock. And of course, the thing doesn't budge. So that pissed me off. I might have swore. I gave it two more in quick succession. BANG! BANG! And behind me... CRASH! I whipped around so fast, I nearly gave myself whiplash. And the fire extinguisher slipped out of my hands. Scraping and clanging and skidding across the concrete floor and rolling under the shelf where I would gotten it. I shouted out, Hello? Nobody said anything, so I figured that meant nobody was there. I kind of freaked myself out with all that banging around, especially since the lab was so quiet. Dead quiet. But I guess that time must have knocked something over with all the shaking and hitting the lock. I mean, the place was practically a nearly lost Jenga game. Or another student had come in to get something and slammed the door on their way out. I realized on my way out of the lab that night that it had been the stereo I'd heard. It must have fallen off the workbench. That's why it it had seemed so quiet. Weird thing was that it was unplugged and must have tumbled halfway across the room after it fell. Because it was a good 10 or 12 feet away from the bench. I thought nothing of it at the time. It didn't even cross my mind that it had been thrown. Of course, had the thought crossed my mind, I would have been completely fucked by it. Because I only heard one crash. That was the stereo hitting the floor. There wasn't a second crash that would have marked the door slamming shut. Nothing to mark their exit from the room. So, whoever had thrown the stereo off the workbench was still in the lab when I left later that night and discovered the source of the noise. They would have been in the room the extra four hours that I was there running samples, staying completely silent. At first it was just small stuff like that, you know? The odd noise, small things going missing, pens and notepads and such, but nothing really serious. Once or twice the machine shut down on me, but that could have just been because they're so old. A few times I tried to get into that closet at the back of the lab, but I couldn't get it unlocked. And I didn't want to keep banging at the padlock because, well, technically nobody had given me permission to use the lab. I'd just gotten a spare key off one of the PhDs I knew. It was a while after the stereo incident that they really started messing with me. Samples would go missing, taken out of the tray seemingly at random, And I had to just write them off as losses. Vials that got broken or lost during transport. It happens. But then other things, you know. I assumed it was a careless undergrad or something because it was the kind of shit that somebody could easily do by accident. Not realizing how dangerous it was. Once, I found a Bunsen burner left going on. One of the other workbenches, Flames shooting up everywhere. I don't know how long it was going off like that because... It was lit when I came in. Broken glassware left lying around. On the floor, the bench, the sink. One night I found a whole bottle of hydrochloric acid. Tipped over and leaking in the fume hood. Dripping down all over the floor. I mean, the place was a wreck. But then shit got real dark. I mean, really, really messed up. I came in one night to prep some supplies for a field trip, and it was like somebody had tried to tear the place apart. Every cupboard, every drawer, every shelf, box, crate, toolkit, fume hood, cooler, folder, filing cabinet, container, everything was open and papers were all over the goddamn floor. My own notes and results could not be found, and I knew that meant they'd either been stolen, or there was somewhere in that chaos Of paper all over the floor. I was furious, because now I was convinced that whoever had been leaving the lab in a mess wasn't just an idiot, they were intentionally fucking with me. It took hours, literally hours for me to clean it all up. Some of the pages were fine, but most were torn into pieces, folded, crumpled, cut. A few even looked burnt around the edges, like they had been put in a hot oven or something. There were pages upon pages of old articles, notes, test results, manuals, plenty of blank pages and even pages out of textbooks, but my results were all missing. It would have been bad enough if they'd just sabotaged my research, but what's worse, I started noticing something strange about the torn and scattered pages I was going through. Words seeming, at first, like they were chosen at random, had been marked on the pages. Blotches of some sort of thin, black liquid were splattered over the writing. It almost looked like watered-down ink. After scanning several hundred of these scattered pages, it became clear that the splattering marks always crossed one word, and never more than one at a time. The first one I noticed came in the title of a peer-reviewed article. Biodiversity increases in Yellowstone National Park. The word following crossed out implementation of human-assisted wildfires. Following. Unusual words to notice, I thought, but was it? I mean, didn't I already give my suspicions? Didn't I already feel followed, targeted, stalked? Didn't it stand out because fight or flight mode? Or did I start feeling paranoid at that point because I had seen that word? Honestly, I don't know. I can't really remember anymore. Regardless, that was the word that started it. More followed soon after. A handwritten note on a faded cue card. Need to order more syringes. Don't, and the word forget is crossed out here. Truck keys. Library at 8am. On a page torn from a warranty booklet for an outdated machine. Misuse or modification of this device may result in serious injury or, and the word here crossed out is death. It went on. I don't remember more than a few examples of exactly what they said, but I remember the words well enough. The words crossed out were lost, hollow, in danger, find, observe, dissect, buried, capture, damaged, deep, listen, kill, Flesh consume, door tearing, weakness empty, reaching broken, and following. Following. (sighs) Of all the marked words, that was the one that appeared the most. I mean, there were hundreds, thousands of sheets of paper scattered around the lab and most pages had at least one word crossed with those dark splotches. Sometimes the chosen words were inconsistent, some more than others, but following was always marked. Always! I scoured through those pages and could not find a single appearance of following that wasn't marked. That's when I became certain that I, too, had been marked. I think I started to lose it then. I couldn't go anywhere without looking back, checking for some kind of, what, stalker, I guess? I don't know, really, what I was searching for. Shit got hard, though. I started thinking to myself, Hey, are you sure you're alone? And let's be honest, how can you ever be sure? I mean, for real. That there's nobody around the corner, or standing quiet in the hall, just out of frame where you can't see? You can start calling out, Hey, who's there? And I did. I did it all the time. For all the good it did me and how crazy it must have made me sound to my neighbors, my colleagues, on campus. But hey, fuck 'em, right? I did it in my car when I forgot to check the back seat before getting in. At night, when I was lying awake in the dark and could swear, I heard voices on those dark, quiet walks, through the snow to class, cutting through the back streets hours early, where the only sound was the creaking of ice under my boots and my own breathing. Was it my own breathing? And of course the returning route home at the end of the day that started with a lazy walk before turning into a brisk walk, then a frantic rush with me whipping around constantly, eyes unblinking, bracing myself against whatever anger or malice it was that wanted to know that I was being followed. Always, always, always in the lab I would do this and I did it so much that it started to feel normal that I wouldn't expect some sort of response when I called out, sometimes shouted hello into that labyrinth of a room filled with rotting academic relics. Hello? Hello. Or, you there? there. Or simply, what? what? Thinking to catch them on their sick plan, whatever it was, and have them give themselves away in convincing myself that if only they would show themselves Then I would give them what they had coming to them and black their eyes, giving them a real pounding, break their fucking nose, tear them apart, destroy the freak, just Just fucking kill them. I mean it, fucking kill them, erase them, and... Chris, Chris, hey," said Leo. Chris paused, looking around confused at the others. You were shouting... Lily said, her eyes were wide. Sorry. Said Chris, rubbing his eyes. I haven't talked about this. Not ever, really. Devon gave a reassuring nod. Let it out, who knows. Maybe it'll help. You and me both. Chris took a deep breath. Anyways, things went on like that for a while. I didn't really know how long, each day it felt like I was losing it a bit more, becoming increasingly fucked up and paranoid. Every time I left the lab and returned, something had been changed, moved, disturbed in a way that was impossible for me to ignore. And more papers kept winding up on my desk, marked in the same way as before with that inky blotching threatening me. Mocking me, but it was more than just the papers. One evening I came in, preparing to run another set of samples, and was surprised to hear the sound of the stereo already playing, tuned into some sort of talk radio show. A man's voice droning on through a kind of monologue, crackling and hissing through the static of a weak signal. I went looking for it, to change the station or just turn it off. I wanted to be able to listen for voices in the lab, but it wasn't on the usual workbench. It wasn't anywhere, not that I could see. I wandered around, through the narrow aisles of trashes and cobwebs and eventually found myself at the locked door at the back of the lab. The stereo was crackling and fading in and out of signal from inside the storage closet. That set me off because whoever it was that had been messing with me, they had a key. Were they in some position of authority, or did they just luck out like I did and talk to the right person? I can't say I spent too much time thinking about it, because the next thing I knew, I was reaching for the old fire extinguisher and swinging it at the lock with a fury. BANG! 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 Nothing moved, but on the fourth strike the stereo went silent. I tossed the fire extinguisher aside. It went skidding and rallying across the floor, knocking over god knows what, and leaned up against the door, my fists pressed against the metal on either side of me. It was dead quiet, so I banged my fist against the door and threw my weight at it again. You! I shouted. I know you're here! I banged my fist against the doors again. You fucked with me for the last time! There was a long silence, and I strained my ears for a sign, anything that might give away my tormentor. I got it, a low, slow breath could be heard from within. I grinned, blood rushing in my ears. I can hear you! I yelled and slammed my fist into the door, I mean I tried to, but the door opened. I fell face first into the doorway and tumbled in a heap on the floor. It took me a few seconds to realize what happened, but I soon shook myself off and scrambled to my feet, almost losing my footing. I raised my fists, staring around wildly to get a look at them, but I couldn't see a damn thing. It was so dark in there, total dark, I turned back to the doorway, thinking they must have dodged me and were making a run for it, only all I could see was a thin line of pale, flickering light running along the floor. The door was shut. I think I kind of just stared at it for a while, processing, you know? And after however long it was, I walked over to it and twisted the handle, but, but I couldn't get it open. I really gave it hell, too, pounding until my hands and feet were aching. I swore, and shouted and screamed, I don't even know what but it was like everything was closing in. I had to get out, but I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I started scrambling around, running my hand over the wall to look for a light switch, but I couldn't find anything. I had no lights on me. I quit smoking and my phone was lying on the bench out there in the lab, useless. I walked to my right along the wall, dragging my hands across the surface, intending to walk clockwise around the room. It was big for a closet. Much bigger than i expected from the outside, much bigger than made sense. I had walked about 50 paces before I realized I could hear my footsteps echoing. This wasn't a tight echo, like that metallic noise you hear when you clap your hands in an empty room. This was a long, slow echo, I mean, like standing on the edge of a gorge and shouting HELLO, and hearing HELLO. I went on a little farther, but when I still didn't reach the right-hand wall after a minute of walking, that's when that's when I started breaking down. I turned, putting my back to the wall, and stared off into the darkness. Hello! I shouted, and in reply came the, Hello! My voice reflected back to me. Sounded small and shaky. Who are you? I shouted, starting to edge my way back along the wall towards the door, shuddering at the you, 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 you. After what felt like an eternity, I could see the light flickering under the door again, and I continued towards it. All the while, I kept my hands against the wall. I know it sounds crazy, but I was scared that if I let go and walked too far from it, I don't know, I think I was worried I wouldn't be able to find it again. Back at the door, I leaned against the wall and slid down onto the floor, drawing myself up as close to the feeble light as I could get. I just listened for a while, wondering if they would make a noise out there in the lab. I waited for the sound of breaking glass, or papers being tossed around, or footsteps. But there was nothing, nothing but my own breath and the soft, hushed echoes of my breath out there in the dark. And then, I started to wonder if they hadn't escaped. When I fell through the doorway, I started thinking that maybe, just maybe, they were still in there with me, waiting, listening, following. No way to hide, no way out. Nothing to look at but the dark that went on and on and on forever. And somewhere out there, in all that dark, they waited. God, the thought of it makes me want to cry. But that's not even the worst of it. If you could have felt it. The closeness of it. A million miles of dark to hide in. But what if they were right there? Right. There. Staring you in the face. You wouldn't know it. An inch from your skin. Reaching out to touch you. So close you could feel without feeling. And... Oh god, I just couldn't bear the thought. I can feel it now! WHAT?! What? 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 I screamed out, sobbing, and shook out the sound of the echoed "What? What? WHAT?! And then, after far too long... WHAT?! It was not my voice, or an echo of my voice. It was something else altogether, and it was close. Before I could respond, and before I even had a chance to start clawing at the bottom of the door, the voice from the radio came again, loud as thunder. It was deafening, shrill with static and interference, a roar of noise, but within the noise was the voice, the same man's voice that I'd heard when I entered the lab, droning like a thousand bees in a monotonous chant. It was just, just words. Just words recited, slowly and relentlessly. It was so loud that I could hear nothing else. Couldn't hear my own voice, when I screamed out. Scratching at the floor, pounding my hands and and head into the door to try and make it move. The sound was all around me, pressing down on me and growing louder. Was it getting closer? Desperate, I decided that I would need to get a running start to break the door open. I walked out into the shadow. Praying and hoping that I wouldn't fall off into nothingness. Holding my hand out in front of me. 20 paces out my hand touched something cold and wet and soft. My breath left me and I turned and ran faster than I thought possible. Crashing through the door, knocking it clear off the hinges and flying into the blinding fluorescent light of the lab. Tumbling head over heels into the mounds of boxes and cables and gas cylinders stacked around the room. I looked up, that's when I saw it, whatever it was, I I don't know, but staring up in horror from my back on the floor, I got a good, long look. It was standing in the closet, the closet, now that it was revealed by the dim light of the lab, was no more than a five, maybe six foot square, grey mould tainted walls and a grey concrete floor, it was empty except for the figure which stood near the back of the closet, facing the back wall, partially lit in the flickering light. It looked like a man, almost, naked with pale stained flesh. Its skin hung loose from its bony frame as though it was too big for its body, and its long, thin hands dripped with a watery, black liquid. Its hairless body was hunched in the closet, but standing straight, it would have been well over seven feet in height. Slowly it turned to face me. God, I won't forget it. That chest opened up like a vertical mouth and wriggling with tendrils or tongues or worms or fuck, what was it? And the face, it, it was all mouth and eyes. Two black lidless eyes like spider eyes And that gaping slash of a mouth, that opened wider and wider and wider. Every part of me tried to get out at the same time. I mean Jesus, I couldn't even run. I scrambled, stumbling as fast as I could. Sobbing and vomiting over myself and I didn't stop to pull the alarm when I heard the gas cylinder that I'd knocked on its side. Hissing and saw the burner all lit up again. Flames shooting up like torches. The last thing I saw before I got out was the thing stepping out into the full light of the lab. But it was only a fleeting glance. I was out of the building and running across the empty parking lot when I heard the explosion. I was almost back at my apartment when I heard the sirens blaring. I was never called in during the investigation. No security cameras in that old part of the building. No papers or belongings of mine were found that I know of. Not that it gave me any peace of mind after what I'd been through. Leo got up and walked over to the bar, leaning with his head down. Chris, I mean, Jesus! Why didn't you tell us about this before? Lily asked. Chris snorted. (sighs) You really need to ask me that? We wouldn't have believed you, said Devon. At least that's what I thought. And do you? Chris asked, turning first to Devon, then to Lily. There was a long pause. Lily started to cry quietly. I don't want to, but I know it's true. Lily wiped her eyes. God damn it, I know it's true. After what happened in the library following the fire? It all adds up. The other three turned to look at her. We should stop this. Leo said, his voice uneasy. What good is it to keep talking about? Shut up! Devon said, slamming a hand on the table. Maybe you don't have something to tell, but hell. At least I feel a little less crazy knowing I'm not the only one who experienced something fucked up. Something they can't explain. Leo fell silent, looking away again. I'll tell my story, but first, Chris, you think this, this thing was the same thing that Devin was hearing? Lily asked. Why? The three of them stared, anxious. I know it was, said Chris. Or they're at least connected somehow. There was a long, silent tension. That voice I heard on the radio in the lab, in that closet? He paused again, glancing around. I don't think I realized it until now tonight. But it was you, Dev. It was your voice I heard. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed part two of One Last Round, written by Keith Daniels. So far, I'm loving this series because it has action, it's got freaky shit, and it allows me to flex my auditory muscles. So, I cannot wait to get to part three, and I can't wait to see you lovelies there as well. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the podcast, visit my Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward sfgt, where all donations and all support goes right back into production. Now. I want to thank my existing Patreon supporters because they are a bloody unique bunch of people. First up is my old Knight Titan, Marvelous Maya. Thank you so much for your ongoing, jaw dropping tier of support. I'm having a riot with a set of new sound effects that I've been able to purchase thanks to your direct Patreon support and have recently paid the subscription fee for hosting the website, all from your one payment. So, mate, Maya, you've got this podcast on the air as a result. Thank you so so damn much mate, I appreciate your support every single day. And my newest Ode Night T Titan, the new majestic god that hurls this podcast into outer space divided by zero. Not only are your recent messages putting smiles on my face and making me laugh, but remind me how lucky I am to have giving people like yourself and Maya supporting the podcast at that tier. So thank you so much, you spooky, scary skeleton, and to answer your question about how long it will take for me to become the ultimate wizard of audio, I think when I've developed a piece of code to allow me to press one button and master my entire episode, one day, mate, one day I'll get there. <laughs> Cheers, divided by zero. And Leza Bauer, mate, you beauty! With your support, I've been able to purchase some plugins that are enhancing the audio as we speak and bringing the best out of each audio piece. So thank you so much, Lee. It's powers like you that not only support the podcast, but remind me why support from Patreons are so critical. A lot of what I'm trying to achieve is enabled by people like yourself, and trust me, that importance is never lost on me. Thanks, man. And the blood in my veins, my L-Grain forces, Chad Warren, Just Heather, Paige Marcini, Peter Affelli, Tasha Moncrief, Christina Boyd, Dolphin and Cow, Michelangelo Yakone, Tea Time Drinker 1 and Sulstra. Thank all of you for being amazing. Join me Monday for an OTR and next Wednesday and Friday for the continuation of One Last Round. A big shout out to Keith Daniels who submitted their story my way. If you're an author as well or have any of your own tales, feel free to email me at stories, fables, ghostly tales at gmail.com. And submit your tale. Okay lovelies. Enjoy your weekend. And as always. Till next. We meet.